About the Church Podcast, episode number 109. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Hollums. Today is a special day. That's right. It's my dad's birthday. Well, happy birthday, Mr. Hollums. And it's tax day. And is it tax? Oh, it is 15. tax day. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, everybody, we got, <laughs> we got some special audio clips that D.G. Uh, that I pulled from a video clip that uh, D.G. sent me this earlier this week and also got some audio feedback from Karen and Jason and Rick that we're going to try to fit into the show. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. Tell us a little bit about who this Pete Rollins guy is. Sure. Um, The only thing I know is he's got a very awesome Scottish accent. (laughs) Yeah. Irish. I just something I don't know. Is he Irish or Scottish? I'm not sure. I think he's a Scot. You think? I think he's a Scot. I don't know. He might be Irish here. You know what? I'm going to click on the about part here. Oh, does he have a site? Uh, uh, his own site? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a big wig. Wait, t- t- tell me real quick. He's what, a big wig. Where do you go to him? Um, PeteRollins.com or something? Yeah, PeteRollins.net. R-O-L-L-I-N-S.net. Pete, see, he's not a big deal. He'd have PeteRollins.com, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, oh, Belfast. Told you. Booyah. He was born in Belfast, but currently resides in Greenwich CT. All right. Very so cool. Anyway, okay, so... Uh, Pete wrote a book. Uh, he's written. He's written several books, actually, or written, wrote, 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 written. Oh, he I has, love it. Did you wait? I, I apologize. It says PeteRollins.net. To believe is human. To doubt, divine. divine. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's he's a big philosophy guy. Okay, so I mean, we're we're not we're not just ticking into the surface today. We're gonna yeah, go no, deep. This, <laughs> this is this isn't light and fluffy episode. That's right. You know, That's tune right. in next week. This actually, is, no, next week's not light and fluffy either. <laughs> It's going to be funny. Tune into last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Listen to the last 108 episodes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Who's this Pete guy? All right. So he, he has written uh, several books and, and done all kinds of other stuff too. But I think the biggest book that he's written so far is how not to speak of God. And uh, he is, um, and you know, he's got the fidelity of betrayal towards a, a church beyond belief the Orthodox Heretic and Other Impossible Tales. Um, so anyway, uh, so Pete is, um, he's a philosophy. It's its just obvious he's, he's a philosophy dude. I think he's got his PhD. I forgot what it's in. Uh, let me see. Uh, post-structural thought PhD is currently a research associate in the Irish School he's of He's got a Hermeneutics. PhD in PSD. <laughs> PST. All right. That's what I said. Uh, the school of, uh, anyway, so he's got all this different stuff. So he's a philosophy guy. He, yeah. he likes to think political theory was his master's and scholastic philosophy was his BA. All right. So, so how did you hear about him? I, I heard about him from the, from that one book from how not to speak of God. All right. Um, he is, uh, he's pretty well known in the emergent church circles. Is he a Christian guy? You think? I would say yes. Right. He is a Christian guy. All now, right. other people would, of course, disagree with that. Um, really? Oh yeah, yeah. Just because other people disagree that Brian McLaren is a Christian guy, but well, I would uh, call him Christian guy too. Okay. Seriously, um, why would people question his Christianity? Do you think? Because I'm speaking of Pete Rollins, right? Because he's he is such a philosopher that when he asks a question to challenge you, uh, it sounds really, really heretical what he says. 
Does it make sense? Like, okay. And there's a bunch of people in philosophy that that's the way they, that's the way they speak. That's the way they talk. If God wasn't real, right. then how could we come to know who, you know, you just, it's, it's those kinds of things. And they're like, what? You don't believe God's real? And they're just like, no, I'm thinking philosophically here. It's so, like, for example, I know that we, one of the, that one time, very philosophical conversation is, is the, what if they found the bones of Jesus? Okay. You know, we've done that. Yeah. You know, I've done that with you here. Yes. You know, if they found the bones of Jesus. Now you can be a lot like my wife and saying, you're, you're never going to find them because, they, you know, and they were like, no, no, but what if, and he deals in what ifs. This is his line of work is what ifs. Okay. And I think a lot of Christians, especially, um, especially one, I think it's pretty typical for new Christians and several Christians out there to be such black and white. There is no gray area. Well, this guy lives in the gray area. I mean, he exists in the what gray does he, area. What does he think about the divinity of the Bible? You'd have to ask him. I don't know. Okay. So, I mean, so I mean, you know, I mean, li- you know little about what this guy believes. Yeah, I mean, I've read his book and I listened to the video here. <laughs> I, I just wonder, you know, of course, I haven't even this first time I heard about his website. I just saw I a video probably, posted. I've got I've got enough friends where I could probably get an email to him. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder. I mean, because, you know, I wonder if he actually says, OK, it's like, it's like, OK, there's a lot. I, I think it's all great and everything to have a bunch of books that that make people think and you throw out sure. interesting stuff. But it's like, dude, do you ever tell anybody what you actually believe? You know, well, and I think think, honestly, I think that these kinds of people would not want to do that because that would hinder your ability to be able to think. Okay, does that make sense? Like, there's a bunch of people that would say, "Well, if he believes that, I'm going to write him off and never listen to him." Okay, and I think there's a bunch of people that intentionally don't want to say exactly what they believe because you would never, ever, even give them an opportunity to be able to be heard. So, so I don't know. I'm, so, I'm when the speaking, Bible, so you know. if the Bible says always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have, he would say, well, I'm not going to do that because I want to ask you questions. Correct. Because he thinks he's making you a better disciple. So you could be able to answer that question to somebody else. So take that. Uh, let's see. Peter. <laughs> First Peter. <laughs> not the second one. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, if, uh, if he is asked point blank, if yeah. he knows Jesus Christ, then it would depend on who he's talking to and, and how he would the purpose say of it. Yeah, is. no, no, I get it. I'm, you, know. you know, I'm giving you a hard time. I, 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 I asked this question because, you know, I, I want to just say that I am a total doubter. I, mm. I, I am embracing the doubt in my faith. Right. I, right. And, and I say that and I, and I'm, and I mean it matter of fact, DG, I, I use this little outline program right here. I've got faith questions. I'm starting You're loving your iPad and it's, and, and I got to be honest with you, I'm loving you loving it. <laughs> like it I, it's, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on the iPad, but I'm sold on the joy that it brings you. It makes me happy oh, to see happy. I, play with dude, it. It, it really does. It, it is. It is so much fun. It is so much fun. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, question, why, okay. sh- why should I trust the Bible? You know, this is a question. I, I just want to know why should I trust the Bible? And I, I went out and I bought this. I think I talked about this last week. I, I got my DVD in from Andy oh, yeah, Stanley yeah. verdict. Right. I uh, started watching it last night, but obviously, um, uh, how, which, how long is it? Like, what is it? How it many? It's, it's three sermons, uh, probably about 45 minutes each. So, oh, okay. uh, good stuff. But by, by the way, the, <laughs> how much did you pay for it? I think I paid 20 bucks, 20 bucks for three weeks worth of sermons. Yeah. On, in DVD and yeah, it's, uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's it, well done. I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Fine. It's like it too. It, I, it's information that's going to help me exactly. Yeah. Provide evidence, not proof, but provide evidence for the reliability. Oh, wow, that was a good yes. distinction, Cliff. Oh, good it, it's distinction. in here. It's in here. I believed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I thought you got it from. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing is, is, is I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating evidence to make a right. decision on, on certain things. So it, it's just you know. 
Uh, so why should I trust the Bible? This is something that, you know, I want to, I just want to express, you know what? For the first time in my life, DG, I am doubting the word of God. All right. And I don't mean that in a heretical way. And I'm not even going to tell you folks that I don't believe that the Bible is true. But I am instead of just blindly accepting that this is the divinely inspired word of God, I'm asking questions. Why do I believe this? Well, I know why I believe it today, because it's what I've always believed. It's what I've been taught. Exactly. So I want to, you know, I want to, it's like, and you know what? I've studied the Bible before when I used to do my ministerial studies and stuff like that. Know your Bible and the Council of Nicaea and all this other stuff. But I forgot it all. You know, and so yeah, so sure. now I and by the, back then I it's like, t- t- why am I reading this? I believe it all. You know, right. it's yeah, like yeah. I don't need to read this because I believe it. But now I don't I don't quote unquote just believe it. I it's like I want to I want to know I want to know why. Um, you know, and as for as far as you know, does God get upset if I enjoy the pleasures that life has to offer, such as an income that provides uh, for me to have a comfortable home and have money set aside for home maintenance and health insurance and a reliable car? And well, gosh, with that is car maintenance and college funds, emergency funds, retirements, and right. investing. Right. Does God get upset if I pursue those things? You know, these. You know, so I am starting to doubt a lot of the things that are just a part of my everyday average day Christian existence. And, yeah, yeah, and sure. I'm and, and it's like, so when I see to believe as human to doubt divine, I actually kind of, it that sparks a, a passion within me. Yeah. It's a good wording. It's, it's, I, like I, I it. think that's what he wants to do is to spark a, sp- sp- just spark conversation, spark discussion. And when he basically, he finished up uh, his last tour, his last tour um, and I don't know if you heard this in the video or not, but his last tour is in pubs everywhere. He went, he just traveled all the way around in pubs. And he said, I'm not interested in the typical church going kind of person. I'm interested in the people on the far, far edges that are looking over the cliff or even hanging off of it. In some of them, in some cases, he said, that's who I want to go relate with. That's who I want to go talk to. And so that's, you know, that's where he's coming from. Right. All right, so we are going to play some audio clips. This this you, this is a blog from some guy that interviewed Pete Rollins, and yeah, it's, it's a ooze the ooze dot TV o o z o o z e o o z e dot TV the TV. ooze dot TV and uh, and he's a good friend of mine too, Spencer Burke. Okay, and he's written all kinds of books as well and all kinds of stuff. It's a and I, th- and I think it's a great video podcast. If you like video podcasts, I would I would encourage you to check it out. All right. Okay. Well, I we what go. I did is I I'm not going to play the whole thing here today, but I have one three minute clip I'm going to play, then two um, two minute clips. Cool. So here's the first clip. Okay. Uh, I found an article about Hitler uh, written by a magazine called Homes and Country. It's kind of like a celebrity magazine written in 1938 in America, and it was showing you around Hitler's home, and it was telling you how Hitler loved to give cupcakes to children, how he uh, loved to entertain guests. He was a strict vegetarian, had a beautiful garden with lots of herbs and vegetables, uh, how he never touched a drop of alcohol, and uh, he had his paintings up on the wall, and it was. What I was fascinated by was the idea that um, we, we say, oh yeah, an enemy is someone whose story we haven't heard. As if whenever I get to know somebody and I hear their story, uh, I'll get to like them and know that they're just like me. But the issue for me is that actually the story we tell ourselves is a type of lie, a fiction, 
the truth of who we are and the truth of who Hitler was wasn't in the fact that he liked to give cupcakes to children. The truth of who he was was in what he did for in, during the Second World War, what he did to the Jewish community. And I don't want to get to know him. He, he says lots of nice things about what he believes and what he thinks, but his truth is in who he is. You might be a nice person, but if you're racist, if you're misogynistic, if you've got views that are damaging and destroying people's lives, that's your truth. That's your truth. So if someone says, I believe in the resurrection of Christ, I believe in the virgin birth, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we may be able to agree over a drink and talk about all of that stuff. But if it's not lived, if that person is not thinking about uh, where they're living, what job they're doing, how their consumerism affects and influences other people, then I don't care what you believe. Your belief is an abstract thing. It's nothing, it's, it's not to do with real life. Facebook is a great example. I mean, what is Facebook? Facebook is uh, the idealized representation of ourselves, the type of person that we want the world to see. I mean, if we imagine the aliens coming down to Earth and looking at humanity through Facebook, they think we're all happy all the time and we're all very nice. I mean, I was in the art gallery last week and there was a girl getting her picture taken looking at a piece of art. Now, it was obvious she wasn't interested in the piece of art, but she was really interested in getting a picture of herself looking at the piece of art that she could then put on Facebook. The point I'm making is that my conscious self is an idealized reflection of who I really am. If the people here watching this knew everything there was to know about me, they would switch off, you know? And, and vice versa, if I knew everything there was to know about the people who were watching this, I wouldn't bother my, myself doing that, you know? So the point is that the narratives, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves um, don't necessarily reflect who we really are. For me, uh, one of the rules of doing counselling or spiritual direction is to take the false narrative we talk about, we tell ourselves we are. I'm a good person, um, I'm a nice person, I care for people, I'm loving. And actually bring that in line with our reality. A reality that sometimes we're too scared to look at. Now, uh, I've been right. following you on Twitter. That, that's the end of that one. So, so there's some good stuff there. Um, I, I like this. The story that we tell ourselves is usually a lie. Um, the truth is, is in who we are and say what you believe. You can say what you believe all you want, but if your life says something different, it's not really true to you. It's not true for you. Right. Right. Um, and, and I really like the story and, and you know, this Facebook Christianity where, you know, we can, we, we, we pretend that we're interested in something because we want others to think that that's what we believe, that we want others to think that that's what we're interested in. Right. But honestly, it's all facade for other people and how they feel about us. And I really like this, the story of a girl saying, you know, she's really not interested in this piece of work of art, (laughs) but she wanted people to think that she was sophisticated and and she wanted to look very artsy. And so her admiring having a photo of her admiring a piece of art will make other people think certain things of her and her statue and her right, culture. Right. And, and I, I certainly live that out in my, and have lived that out and sometimes live that out in my Christian life. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I can see it in me, not as well, but I can really see it in my wife and in other people too. And, and I, and I'm weary of it. I mean, that's just the, that's who I am. Like I used to tell Tiffany all the time. I said, listen, the girls that I will never date and the girls that I can't stand are the fake girls. The ones that put on this big, huge smile and I see them go from to hi, <laughs> just yeah. like that was too much. That wasn't real. 
I'm interested in the real you. <clears throat> and I can tell, especially if people are on the phone, <laughs> it's just awesome to be able to talk to people. And you're like, if you're sitting in the car or sitting in the restaurant or whatever else, and someone's, uh, you know, picks up the phone, they start talking on their cell phone and they had this, they just, they immediately changed their entire persona to be on the phone. And so I think that's definitely a good example of it. And a Facebook Christianity, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that don't put just all the happy hunky dory stuff on Facebook, to, you know, as well. But the majority of the people on there are, they're not putting their secrets on there. They're putting the happy stuff. They're putting the stuff that they, they desire for other people to be able to see that they like. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that what he was really getting at, what, well, what I really had a good conversation with, with one of our, um, the theology throwdown on Sunday nights was the ideal realization of who you are as opposed to reality. Right. And it's, and it's a falsehood that you yourself are creating about yourself. Yeah. And that's hardcore, man. I mean, that is just like, wait a second. I'm deceiving myself without even realizing it. This is who I think I am when in reality, I'm probably not. Well, and that, that is, you know, I'm not going to say that, that everything I've ever believed is, is not true and that I haven't been, you know, faithful and haven't had a real relationship with Christ. But honestly, I will tell you, I have a manufactured reality that is not real about my faith. And that's why I said, it's like all of a sudden when, and, and I guess maybe what I'll say is I'm not doubting God. I'm doubting what I've told myself that I believe mm. about mm. God. Yeah, that's a. Good, I that's, doubt my faith. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, you doubt. You doubt the foundations of where your faith came from. Yes. And and now you're probably in a time in your life where you think I can probably have a little bit more intellectual conversation with those things, and I'd like to revisit some of those things. Or well, actually, I'm at the place now where I'm interested in not necessarily having a lot of interest intellectual conversations with a bunch of people. For the purpose of it's, yeah, some, no, some no. of that stuff just wears me out. Of course it does. But I'm at the place where it's like, you know what? Now I, I'm very serious about wanting to know the truth for myself. Right. You know, I, I at a heart's level, you know, as, you know, as every day I get older, I'm 37 years old. I know people who have died in their mid 30s. I know people who die in their 40s. And and every day I get a little bit older and I just want to know more about this faith and what legacy am I going to for, for the most part, what am I going to leave behind to my children? Sure, of course. It's like, oh, kids, go to church and you'll learn everything you need to know. It's like, no, no, no. That's baloney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's that's, like, that's no. baloney matter of bull. Yeah. That's baloney. That's baloney. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's move on to the next clip. Okay. Yeah. Here's some good that's stuff good. here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a, a pub tour over Easter and, uh, you know, Easter's all about resurrection. And we were sitting wondering, you know, what, what should we name it? And somebody said, well, what about the tagline? I believe in the insurrection. And I love that because for me, Christianity is a, the belief in resurrection is about participation in an insurrection and something that transforms society that brings the not yet into the now. You see, whenever I say I believe in God, philosophically I might say, you know, someone says, do you believe in God? And I say, well, that's a great question. Yeah, I think I do, or I'm not sure. But let's talk about it um, uh, over, over, over a coffee. But if someone says, as a Christian, do you believe in God? My answer has to be no. Or I aspire to believe in God because in Christianity, belief in God means living a life of love, 
living a life of mercy and forgiveness, faithfulness, justice, self-control, patience, kindness. And so do I believe in God? Most of the time I don't believe in God. I want to. Because the crazy thing is, what I'm saying is, if you say you know God and don't love, you're a liar. Now that's heresy. That's crazy. You get kicked out of most churches for saying stuff like that. But I've got a good source for that. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not me who said that. Um, and I want to kind of really explore how whenever you believe in a resurrection, it doesn't matter. It's a fiction. It's a fiction if it's just what you do. So as you feel that you're going to go to heaven when you die and life is good and everything's going to work out well for you and your family. It's a fiction. It's a lie. But if you're the site where resurrection takes place, if you're the site where life happens and where life emanates, then you do believe in the resurrection, absolutely and fundamentally. So we could. All right. So there's another clip. Um, wow. You know, if, if somebody asked me, do you believe in God? If I'm going to be honest, I have to say not so much most of the time. Right. If you if you take his premise of what he's saying. Yeah. 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 And, and I and I actually that premise intellectually makes a lot of sense, you know, because if you really believed your life would be transformed the way you, you act. I mean, if if you believed what God says is true in his Bible, you would walk more boldly. You'd be willing to, to, when God tells you to, now, if, if he, and here's my argument about these people (laughs) who say you have to do, be willing to do everything you read in the Bible. It's like, well, first of all, God's never told me to leave everything, not even carry a tunic and, 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 and go and, and, and do this. Yeah. But when you, when the, when the disciples, when God called somebody to go do something like this, sent the disciples out, listen, don't take anything with you. Don't pack any extra clothes. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. yeah. And it's all going to be provided. Just go. Yeah. And and if you believed in God, if you believed in Christ, you would. Right. Yeah. yeah. You would. You 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 do anything. Well, he and asked. the thing is, is like before he said go, he said come, and he was basically saying the same thing. Except I'm going to well, I'll walk with you. You know, you can walk with me. Yeah. And the go part says I'm just not going with you in person. You know, kind of mentality. So, yeah, I mean, that's that is a huge uh, aspect that I think in Christianity that we're missing. I, I want to point out, Ramen Noodle um, in the chat room said, um, uh, "Let me see, go back a little bit earlier here." Blah, blah, blah. He said, "Actually, churches today are doing a terrible job of equipping Christians." I agree. And and then I said, "I, I think you're right, but what expectations are the areas that they're not being equipped?" And I and that's. That's a, that's a, that's, that's me knowing Daniel, which is the Roman noodle. And, and, and then, and then Daniel said, Christians aren't learning how to defend their faith, but how can they win their pastor's uh, compromise on their authority of the word of God? But how can they win their pastor's compromise on the authority of the word, word of God? And what I was trying to get at was, I think that what he means as equipping, as, a, as equipping to defend our faith is the knowledge is right. are, can you argue or, or not argue? Well, but can, can you can you can give you a reason defend? for the hope that you have? Right, but what I'm saying is, I think that I th- I'm not saying that's the only. I'm, I'm I'm saying that is true. You need that knowledge, but that's the that, that's just one aspect of our Christianity. I think this is what Pete's getting at. That's one aspect of Christianity that we're missing, because everyone thinks it's all going to work out up here in the head, but in reality, we're not even training them how to love people. What if we defended our faith? With our love. Yes. 
You want to talk about kicking butt? Well, and you know for what? Jesus. Acts two forty two through forty seven talks about the the fact of how thousands were added to their number, and what was it that did it? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, giving to everybody as they had need. Right. So, so it not only was it, it not only was it a it, head knowledge, but it was living out that head knowledge exactly in what it. they're doing. And I think that's what Pete's saying. Pete is basically saying you can say all day long, you can be as dogmatic as you want, you can try to prove everything you want. It can all be head knowledge and you can stay at that level. And he says, but I would question your Christianity because if all you know is the answers and you have nothing but love, then you are just a clanging symbol and a loud clong. But yeah. if you have not love, not if yeah. you have nothing you, but love. Yeah, if you have nothing, yeah, if you have nothing, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And so, and I think that, I think that's a huge, huge aspect that a lot of Christians are missing. And, and I think that it's an expectation that has been brought on to everybody because, you know, we have this stuff called Sunday school. Yeah. Oh. And, it's, and it's and it's gone by the wayside, and for not by the way, but for the most part, for a lot of churches, that is not where everyone comes. Everyone comes to the worship service. They don't come to the Sunday school time period. And a lot of people say, "Well, see, that's the reason we don't know." <laughs> and I want to say that's just part of it because we're not training people as churches and Christians how to love other people. Well, here's here's my how problem. How do we live out the resurrection? And that's exactly what he's saying. You live out the resurrection by being a part of the insurrection. Yes. And that's and that's what I think he's trying to say. Yeah, here here's the thing. You know, churches aren't equipping their their members. I I think that you know it. I think it's the way that we have we have structured our churches today that makes them you know that where it draws back. It's like listen, you know, you come Sunday morning, you know, you come Sunday night, uh, you know, come on Wednesday if you will, uh, and let let's just get together, hang out, and be be merry, but what happens is, is you never really get any real world experience because if you volunteer, the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all true. the programs of the church. You all, you're always serving the people in the church. Yeah. You're a whole, little holy huddle. And, and what, you know, what I want to participate in, I want to be, a, I want to participate in a church that, that gives me the freedom to, to study the word of God and to learn about my faith and to let me go and interact with the world in the way that God has gifted me yes. and called me to do. Sure. You know, sure. without saying, you know what, I'm sorry, you know, we really need you at least once a week in this ministry. And gosh, if you could just participate in the choir and if you could just lead this and if you could do that. And and I, I was so bogged down. It's like, you know what, I have the freedom now uh, because I actually stepped out of a, an official place of of ministry within the church, I have the freedom now to and the time to actually say, you know what, I am going to investigate these things more deeply. And I, th- I think sometimes the the structure that we have set up as the church, we we feel like this model, this this campus and and this this model of of men's ministry, women's ministry, all the it's like listen, let let's let's encourage people to love others. Let's encourage people to study. You know, teach people why why the word of God is the word of God. Right. Yeah. You know, sure, sure. Te- teach them that. Give them the tools and allow people. And and that's one of the things I really do but, like about but, Watermark. Uh, but, but tell them this is going to be useless unless you live it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, all of this that is, is meaningless. That is an aspect of the teaching that's not occurring. Yeah. And and and, the, and so it's a I lot think of it's a lot of believing, but a right. little living, right? And, and even in the churches that do get it and say no, 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 we need to basically create miniature seminaries. 
still, even in seminaries, there's not a requirement for you to go. I mean, they have a little bit, they have, okay, so you, I have a 96 hour master's degree. Nine of those hours were CPE. What's CPE? It means you're doing it. You're either a chaplain in a hospital. You're working alongside some pastor in a church. Nine of the, nine of the 96. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, this, whatever, whatever this thing is, it's emerging from within the church. We're saying that's not good enough, enough mm-hmm. anymore. We're not okay with that. If we want to live authentically, it has to be more than just in our head and, and, and even more than just in our heart, it's got to be with our actions. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what Pete's getting at. And, and that's why Pete would say, and I th- of course I think he says, no, I don't know if I know that God as a Christian, because you know, of course he knows God as a Christian. He's just basically saying, I'm going to force people to think about what they think about their faith. And I want them to realize that if they're not living it out, they need to question their Christianity. I think Michael Jackson, you know, the, the great spiritual leader that he was actually has <laughs> a wonderful piece of advice for the church. If you want to make a change, you got to look at the man in the mirror. Okay. Sure. sure. Seriously. I, I, I believe, you know, I believe this and that's, that's where, that's where I'm starting. It's like, listen, I, I want to make a change. I want the church to be more effective. And where am I going to start? I'm going to start with me. Yes. You know, I'm yeah. starting with me. Right. You know, cause, cause the thing is, is I, you know, I can sit there and I can argue till I'm blue in the face about what I think is wrong in the church. But you know what? How about if I see something, why don't I stop participating in the problem? And why don't I start working on the solution, doing the things that God's laying on my heart to do and actually right. living out. The, I, I like that. Living out the, the, the insurrection. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. I, I want, I want to be a part of the insurrection. Exactly. exactly. I want to be, I want to be a part of what the new Testament church was a part of, Yeah. Of you course. know, and, and, and I want to be bold in that, but I want to do it because of why I believe I want to, I want to know why I believe in Christ. You know, is there yes. sufficient reason for me to believe this? And if I do believe this, then by golly, it better be changing my life. And I, and right. I, th- I fear that and fear is the wrong word. I believe the reason why I haven't been, more a part of the insurrection is because I really don't believe what I believe. Right. You, you're getting in the way. I, yeah. My lack of knowledge of what I believe and why I believe it. it it's it, the, the, the hardcore foundation, the real, it's like, you know what? I, I know I, in my head, I believe it maybe somewhere in my heart, but something just not connecting there. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that, so you know, tying it all together there, if you're feeling like you can't be a part of the insurrection because of you, <laughs> then, then you're, so what, what, what I'm hearing is you're saying, I need to deal with that, with that self idealized self-realization. Like this is who I see myself as Oh, pretty good guy. I'm loving, I'm caring, you know, and then put it up to reality <laughs> and be able to say, well, are you truly, really honestly loving and caring when you know, when something happens and you, and a and a quick whim, you're not loving and caring, and you have to work through those things. But I I think that I, I think that that I think that so you've been convicted that you're wanting to work on that, that you're wanting to to really truly say, hey, let me be real with myself, mm-hmm. so I can be able to be a part of the insurrection. Yep. And and I would say yes, I think that's amazing and that's great. But I would also say that I think that there's room for a community for when you get to that point and you say, I'm tired of playing, I'm tired of deceiving myself 
the best way that I know that I can have some help here is to have a community around me. But that is the most difficult thing I think anyone could ever possibly do to come to a realization of saying to a, to a community. Mm -hmm. And I think that AA is a perfect, perfect example of this because AA is dealing with that idealized self realization Mm -hmm. and they have a community surrounding each individual person saying, (laughs) you know, I see that you think that about yourself and I see that you, that you're getting a glimpse that it might not be a reality. So we as a group are going to hold you accountable. We're going to help you get past that so you can be a part of this insurrection uh, that's going on. So, yeah. And, and that that's why, that's why I love the, the podcasting. That's, that's why, I mean, I'm always sharing, you know, it's like, what am I struggling with? This is who I am. This is what I'm learning. And, and, and I think it's in that. I mean, I have the community that listens here and I have a community that I, I share openly with every Wednesday night that comes to our home and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I think, I think that I am slowly, I, I think, I mean, in a way I feel like I am participating in the insurrection, but you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm at that point where I believe, but I don't fully believe. And, and it's kind of like the, the disciples prior to the re- resurrection, you know, it's like they believe but they're like, surely we're not going to let you be crucified. Surely we're not going to go to Jerusalem right, right, right. and get you arrested. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I believe you, but man, not that, you know, it's right. like, and I, there are still, there are still a couple of those places in my life where I say, ah, not that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I, I, I stop here, you know, it's like, wait a second. No, yeah. this is not according to what I think should happen here. Right. And, it, and we say, what it was at the last supper. I mean, how many years have Jesus been with all of his disciples? And he said, one is going to betray me. And they all say, is it I? Yeah. I mean, it got to that point. That was the point when they said, oh my gosh, maybe it's, it could be me. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and th- to me, that's like this real huge moment of self truth in the midst of the lives of the disciples when they say, is it me, Lord? Right. Now, other people would say, well, it's not too bad, too, that, too much like that because they're looking to go into a battle. They're, they're looking to fight. And, you know, in the heat of a battle, if my sword accidentally does do, does damage to Jesus's calf and then that kills, you know, some guy, because, you know, because in the middle of battle, the mistakes can occur. And, and some people would say, well, they're, they're, they're literally thinking about some kind of a battle that they would accidentally betray Jesus and not do it on purpose. They use me. I didn't mean to do that. You know, I don't plan on doing that. Right. Kind of a thing. But anyway. All, all theories. All right, so let's let's move on to a third clip here. This is the last clip for from Pete. Gosh, Rollins. another one. Yeah, Dang. I know. What we believe emanates from who we are. You know, it's not about um, kind of affirming a set of dogma. Um, and in fact, it's not even about uh, kind of engaging in a certain moral behavior. It's about dying to yourself and being reborn. You see, here's the interesting thing. I'm I'm so not a liberal because. Uh, I'm, I'm with Paul. Paul's the first person to write this stuff down, right? He's the first person to write Christianity. And what does he do? Does he talk about what Jesus says? No. Does he talk about what Jesus does? No. He has virtually no interest in, in who Jesus hangs out with, virtually no interest in what Jesus says. What's he interested in? Oh, by the way, why, why is he not? Because what Jesus said, good as it is, other people were saying similar things. Ask any rabbi, they'll say, well, Jesus was a good interpreter of the Torah. Was he the first person to say, turn the other cheek? No. Those miracles, great as they were, they were attributed also to other people before and after Jesus. So, what you, and so if you're a good liberal, you'll follow the teachings of Jesus, and that's great. <laughs> but, but if you want to be, what's Christianity at its heart? It's about, and this is Pauline insight, participating 
in the death and resurrection of Christ, that you die and you're reborn, you're transformed, you're no longer the same. And in the insurrection tour is about saying, all of the other stuff's good, belief and following the ways of Jesus, that's all fine, but you know what? We're invited into transformation, death and rebirth, where we become instruments of transformation in the world. We believe in God when God, we become the site where God is born, where we become like Mary. I'm looking forward to joining the insurrection, right? Eh? All right, so there you go. That is the last clip of the uh, the audio there. Well, I, I tell you what, you talk about a, a statement uh, <laughs> saying Paul had no interest in in, in <laughs> yeah. Jesus and, yeah. and all the stories of who he hung out with, what he said, and blah 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 blah. Right. But of course, he he. I think he he. You know, He's, if, he if you tuned it. out, if you tuned out after you heard that, you didn't <laughs> exactly. hear anything. Exactly. Yeah. But but no, if if you hear. If you hear the end of it, he says, listen, Paul, Paul doesn't, Paul's not interested in all the stories about Jesus and the miracles that he did and, and, and the, and the, this and the, that, what, what Paul's main emphasis and his focus is, is we need to, we need to not just apply ourselves to the teachings. Let's do, it's not, what would Jesus do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's let's die with Christ and be made mm, new. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, th- yeah. this is the emphasis. It's not so much the parables because we can all live morally good lives. Right. But the question is, have we died to the That's old right. and been risen with the new? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is, it is our faith. If we're really living out our faith, if we're really truly following the words of Christ and living it out, it, it should be the most challenging thing you've ever done in your entire life. Yeah. It is not the easy say yes, come to the altar and then leave happy. Right. <laughs> it just isn't. No, no it's not. And it, but it is in our churches. Yeah. We don't say that Dude, at the altar call. Like, hey, come up here because you're going to live a life filled with ridicule and you're probably going to die on a cross when you get older. We, we get a lot of happy-go-lucky. <laughs> you know it's going to come. I don't want to go up there. Are you well, kidding me? No, we want to go to a church service that's air conditioned and that has comfy seats and where the preacher, only, you know, doesn't speak more than 30 or 40 minutes max and has a sermon that's going to make us feel really good about where we are in life. Sure. Yeah. And, I, you know, and then there's a lot of people that, you know, will tell you, I need, I just need to be loved when I come in here. And I'm sitting there thinking, hey, I'm all for you being loved when you come in here, as long as you're going to go be loved out there whenever you, after yeah. you leave. I had, a, I had a guy come to the organic gathering this week. Uh, he's an alcoholic. He knows he's an alcoholic. He can, he can't hardly keep a job down. He shows up and he, and he told me, he literally told both me and, and, and rooster and, the, and then we had a little boy in there too. Uh, this, this is the ghetto, you know, this is city Heights. And he says, I just know I needed, I needed, I needed to come to men's group tonight. Right. Was all he said. And he, and then he told us that he had a bunch of anger and a bunch of hate in his heart last yesterday. Cause he painted an entire apartment. They said they were going to pay him and they didn't pay him. Oh wow. And he said, I just needed to come. And he said, this is exactly what I needed. And I said, well, now that you got it, you better go and love other people with it. And I said, and it would be just like Jesus to use a drunk, wouldn't it? Yeah. And you might want to sober up a little bit, a little bit more every single day. And the more and more you spend time loving on people and caring for other people, you won't even think about yourself. And you need to wean yourself off. You need to surround yourself in a community. You need to get an AA. You know, and I, know I can only share some of that, so much of that for him to get it. Right. And, uh, but anyway, it was, it was great. I mean, he left going, wow, maybe I, 
maybe I should love other people. <laughs> that was this question, you know. So I'm going to let that sit in his in his in his head for as long as it needs to be. But I'm going to live it uh, with my actions yeah. by loving him and making him a sandwich. I mean, I I just basically bring sandwiches every single week. I go up there. I don't have enough money to <laughs> buy fried chicken every week, but it's just you know. But he, he's experiencing that love, and he's he's being told, "Hey, this is not just a head knowledge. You don't just get yeah. to come in here and feel good." You get to come in here and feel good so you can be able to make others feel good as well. That's what Jesus meant to say and meant to do. Right. Wanted you to do. All well, right. Well, hey, we got some audio feedback. We're, the, the, the next clip here, it's five minutes long, but totally worth it. It's from our good friend, Karen, who called in live a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, she has some interesting feedback to share with us. So, Karen, take it away. Hi. This is Karen from Massachusetts, and I'm calling for the About the Church. Hi, DG. Hi, Cliff. Um, I just wanted to tell you guys that I'm coming around. Um, it's taken me a couple of different things that I want to talk to you guys about that have helped me return to the church. First of all, um, I the Saturday before Easter, I got up on my own um, very late at night, unfortunately, and slipped and fell and could not get back to my wheelchair. Um, so I prepared to spend the evening on the kitchen floor mm. with a towel that I managed to crawl to the bathroom and get. Luckily, my son got a Charlie horse because he had done some bike racing that day and also had done some baseball workout camps. And he came down because he was afraid he had a blood clot in his leg. He found me on the floor um, told me what was wrong with his leg. I examined it and said, no, he just had a Charlie horse, and if he walked it off, he'd be okay. Once he felt better, he lifted me into my chair and then lifted me into bed. And I looked at him and I said, Connor, when a mother carries her son, the world smiles. When a son carries his mother, the world cries. And he said, ah, this is temporary. I'm not carrying your butt around all my life. <laughs> so I kind of got a chuckle out of that. Um, the weekend after Easter, Connor came down and got me, and he said, I'm serving Mass, and I want you to be there. And I said, well, I don't really think I want to go. He said, no, I need you to go and just sit there and give the priest the evil eye like you always do. <laughs> um, it's kind of a private joke about the molestation in the church. Oh, gosh. Because Connor's been serving mass since he was seven years old. So I said, okay, I got dressed and I went to mass with Connor. Well, fortunately, there was a baptism in the church that day, and the child they were baptizing was screaming when they poured the holy water over his head, <laughs> yet you couldn't hear sound. And my husband looked over and whispered to me, and he said, why is that, why, cannot, why we, can't we hear that child crying? And I said, oh, that child has a tracheostomy tube in his throat. And sure enough, when they held the child up, the very, very proud parents lifted the child up, and you could see he was connected to a tube with oxygen running into it. 
It was at that moment that I realized that I was truly blessed. I have two very healthy, intelligent, strong children. I have a loving husband who's been beside me for 25 years. And despite all of the things we've gone through over the past five years, he continues to stand beside me. And I looked up at the crucifix and I looked and I said, Thank you. The lessons I needed, you gave me today. I stood up and I applauded that child and that family. And when I did, everyone else in the, in the church did as well. And it made the parents feel so proud. <laughs> it was probably one of the best moments of my life. I want to thank you guys for all the awakenings you gave me. Um, I also want to thank my son, who the next day came down with my rosary beads around his neck, and I said, Connor, I don't think I need those just yet. And he said to me, yes, you do, Mom. And I said, I'm not ready. And he said, yes, you are. I just want to thank you guys for showing me how Christ is working in my life. I'd like to thank you both and thank the community. I love you all so much. It's good to be home again, back into the arms of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you guys again. I really appreciate all your help. God bless, Karen. Wow. Thanks a lot, Cliff. I'm crying my butt off over here, loser. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that earlier, not on air. You're going to no force doubt. me to cry on air. Ugh, thank you so much. Karen, we love you so much. And so, so thankful to hear, you know, that, that you understand and, and recognize the blessings that we have. And, and I'm very, very touched by the story. Yes. I, I, wow. I mean, it is, you know, five minute call or not, that is awesome and <laughs> worth every single minute. We love you yeah. and so thankful for you. And uh, we, you know, our, our, this community is amazing, DG. It is. I, yeah, agree. I mean, it is totally awesome. Um, we we just want to say, folks out there, if you if you haven't done so in a while, do us a favor. Pick a church in your area, not your own, and pray for it. Yeah. Seriously, pray for the folks there. That, that individuals within that church will understand the call to be a participant yes. in the insurrection. That's right. That they can believe in the insurrection. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. Thank you, for, DG, for sending that along. And yeah, 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 it was good. It was very it was good. good stuff. I agree. Folks, well, next week, yes, we're probably going to have a special guest with yes, us. Yes, we are. Yes, we're going to be uh, having um, Tiffany into our studio. Which is my wife, DG's wife. Exactly. And she is going to come in and she's going to share in a very non-confrontational way. No, not at all. She is going to just share some of the the differences between, I guess, Mormonism and Christianity. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that we can understand, you know. Some things that would be differing between typical Christians. I'll do finger quotes of that. Right. And then and then LDS church, yeah. Okay. So anyway. Some I things that would be different. I'm all for, you know, learning what they what what's out there and stuff, so. Sure. We'll we'll see how it goes. I, you know, and then that's the reason the reason I clarify that is because I mean, they really believe that they are Christians okay. because they still believe in Jesus. So, you know, 
I, it, they would be like, what are you talking about? We are Christians. So right. I guess the difference is between the LDS church and Protestant slash Roman, Roman Catholic slash Eastern Orthodox. Okay. <laughs> that That's better said. Yes. Thank you. Anyway, she is coming in uh, next week and uh, yeah. join us Should be interesting. live if you want to. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's uh, what? Three o'clock Eastern standard mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. of course uh we also want to partic- ask you guys to participate in the community by uh giving us a call giving us content feedback questions please, please, for please. the show 859-795-4067 if you like the content that you hear here at gspn.tv please consider becoming a plus member it is how i'm able to spend as much time focused on this content production stuff as I am. And there's going to be an ad at the end of this podcast, hopefully. Can we put that yes, in there? Yes, absolutely. I want to meet you people. Yes, even if you've never watched a single episode of the TV show Lost, it doesn't matter. In fact, the entire weekend is not devoted to Lost. It's devoted to this community. And uh, you can even come on Saturday, hang out all day Saturday. And even if you don't want to come to the Lost party, you can do that. But we encourage you to come to the Lost party as well. Hang yes. out with the community. Here's a little bit more information about it. Follow the story. Do you think we crashed on this place by coincidence? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now it must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party. Whoops. Oh, no. Oh, man. How did that happen? <laughs> All right. You need to get to the safe house. You need to get to the safe house, which ends up being in <laughs> northern Kentucky. Series finale party. <laughs> Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Open this door! Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up today at gspn.tv slash lost party. And we'll see you there. I just want to know how many times that guy smoked a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're out of here. Join the community, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.